Hello, welcome to Workplace Wake Up. I'm Jen Shaw. Every week, I spend about 15 minutes covering legal developments, introducing you to interesting guests, and providing some entertainment to start your workday. This is a podcast off of our regular schedule because we have some hot news for all of you. I am joined today by Tim Del Castillo. We're so happy to have him back. Tim, how are you today? I'm doing great. Great to see you, Jen. It's always a pleasure to speak with you. Ditto, no doubt. So uh, Tim, as all of you might recall from our last chit chat, is uh, an attorney here in the Sacramento area. He's an employment lawyer, just like me. But he does both sides. So he represents employers and employees. So I love to get his perspective because he's really tied into both communities and he has some really great ideas and perspectives uh, for employers. So, Tim, we're going to talk about the United States Supreme Court's decision that came out yesterday, very anticipated, very long awaited decision in the Viking River Cruises, Inc. versus Moriana case. This was a case I discussed a few episodes back in terms of it coming and why it was important for employers to follow because of arbitration agreements. So we got some really good news for employers from the court. Um, I always find it kind of interesting. I've read a lot of blogs uh, since yesterday where people have written, you know, oh, I, I anticipated this would be the result and this is how I thought it would come down. I have to be honest, I didn't expect it to come down this way. I listened to the argument very carefully. I read all the briefing and I wasn't sure the court was going to come down this way. And of course, we have to talk about what we mean by this way. So, Tim, can you just give us a rundown? What happened in this case and what's important? Yeah, sure. The court issued its decision uh, reversing a California Supreme Court case called Iskanian. And Iskanian uh, decided in 2014 that PAGA claims could not be waived in an arbitration agreement. Now, this is related to the waiver of class action claims that the United States Supreme Court had said was enforceable back in a case a few years ago, um, AT&T versus Concepcion. Now, with PAGA claims, the California Supreme Court had said this cannot be subject to waiver in an arbitration agreement for several reasons. One being because this is a lawsuit between the state and an employer. So Tim, let me jump in here for a second, just to make sure that that everybody's following us. So the first thing we're talking about is an arbitration agreement, right? And the arbitration agreement basically says, hey, employee, if you sign this agreement, you agree not to go to court. You agree to arbitrate your claims. Why would an employer want an arbitration agreement in the first place, Tim? There are several reasons. One of the big reasons for employers entering into arbitration agreements with their employees is they have the ability to prevent class action and now PAGA action cases. There are other advantages such as more streamlined proceedings. Um, Generally, arbitrations are more informal and can be brought to resolution more quickly. There are disadvantages, I believe we've spoke about in the past, which are in California, the employer has to foot the bill for the entire arbitration. So 
what everyone who's listening needs to understand is there's this process by which you can preclude your employees from going to court. And it becomes particularly important when you're dealing with wage hour cases because those kinds of lawsuits are super expensive and super time consuming and super resource intensive. And the only people who really get much out of these lawsuits, I think, when you talk about the class actions and the PAGA claims are the lawyers because the individual take, the individual recovery for each employee is generally pretty small, right? It reminds me of when I get little cards from, you know, some retailer saying something bad happened that shouldn't have happened and you're now entitled to $1.98, please return this form, right? Well, 5 million people might get $1.98, but the lawyers are potentially going to get a couple million, right? So there's been this cottage industry, if you will, in California of let's see what we can do with these wage hour claims. Let's get them into class actions or PAGA claims where we're going to go right to mediation and get these things settled because they're too darned expensive to litigate. So the Supreme Court let employers do a class action waiver a few years back in the Concepcion case, as you said, but these pocket claims were still hanging out. So the California Labor Code has this Private Attorneys General Act, which, as you said, Tim, allows individuals to pursue a claim that would normally be something that the California Labor Commissioner would pursue. So many employers said, well, gosh, if I can't get rid of a PAGA claim, an arbitration agreement is kind of a pain because I got to have this agreement signed. As the law changes, I have to update it. There's just a lot I have to do. The gift we got from the U.S. Supreme Court yesterday in the Viking River Cruises case is that they said, hey, it's okay for you to have a waiver of not only class action claims, but also PAGA claims. And that, Tim, is a game changer, right? That's absolutely right. I mean, this is a huge win for employers. And I think at this point, depending on the the size of your workforce, you absolutely must have an arbitration agreement. If you have, you know, upwards of 30 employees even, you're potentially the target for a class action or private attorney general act case. In that circumstance, I absolutely recommend that every employer have an arbitration agreement with a class action waiver and a PAGA action waiver. Now, you need to make sure that you draft those agreements correctly because a lot of times they're not done properly. And the United States Supreme Court gave us some very clear guidance on when it would find that a PAGA action waiver would be enforceable. So it's really important that when you roll out these arbitration agreements, You make sure you have somebody to check them to make sure that they fit within the parameters of the Viking River decision. So that gives you the best insurance of if you're going to go through the hassle of rolling out an arbitration program, you want to make sure you do it right. That's such a great point, Tim. And one of the things for all the listeners to keep in mind is, look, sometimes plaintiff's lawyers want to be in arbitration because, as Tim mentioned earlier, it's relatively quick. Um, arbitrators generally split the baby. So they give a little bit of a win to the plaintiffs and a little bit of a win to the defendants. So many plaintiffs lawyers are fine with arbitrating. Sometimes they aren't though. And the employer, if you have a valid arbitration agreement, can what's called compel arbitration. So you can make those claims be heard in arbitration. So the reason you've got to have a properly drafted agreement is in that process of compelling the arbitration 
The other side can say, you didn't write your agreement correctly. Therefore, you don't get to have a PAGA waiver. You don't get to have a class action waiver. Your agreement is invalid. It's unenforceable. It doesn't matter. So the drafting is important. And we're coming up against a lot of things recently, Tim, where you really need to have a lawyer look at the agreement. In the old days, we could have a form separation agreement. It all looked the same. You had one version for people who are 40 years of age or older and one version for people, for people who are under 40. But now we have all these non-disclosure restrictions and confidentiality restrictions. And was it a sexual harassment issue or some other um, potential claim where for public policy reasons, the legislature wants the individuals to be able to speak out, right? Then you have to have carve-outs in the agreement. So the arbitration agreement is not something you can just copy from someone else and put your name on it and call it a day. There's a whole process that you have to go through. One of the complicated issues I wanted to talk to you about, Tim, is what do employers do who have a current agreement, but it doesn't have a PAGA waiver? Because, of course, until yesterday, we didn't think you could have one. So how should they deal with that? What do you do to get rid of the current version of the agreement and implement a new one? That's a great question, Jen. I'm advising all of our employers, and I know you're advising your your clients as well, to even if they have a PAGA waiver, take a look at their arbitration agreement. A lot of employers currently have arbitration agreements with what we call PAGA carve-outs. And what that means is that their arbitration agreement says all the claims are subject to arbitration. There's a class action waiver, but this agreement does not apply to PAGA cases. The reason a lot of employers did that was because under previous law, those PAGA waivers were not enforceable. Employers that have those, they need to revise their arbitration agreements if they want to take full advantage of this new law. Additionally, even for employees who have had PAGA waivers in their arbitration agreements already, we're recommending that they look at them and compare them to the ruling in the Viking River cases, of course, with the help of, of competent counsel to make sure that all the, the T's are crossed and the I's are dotted to give them full assurance that they're doing everything they can to make sure that that PAGA waiver is enforceable. The ruling the Supreme Court issued is a little bit more convoluted than we expected. It's a complicated decision, and it's not as simple as putting in your arbitration agreement. PAGA claims can be waived by virtue of this arbitration agreement. So it really makes sense for employers to look at these arbitration agreements, review them with Jen, review them with your attorney, and make sure that you're taking full advantage of this big win for employers. What if an employee says, I don't want to sign the new agreement, thank you very much. I know how to read blogs. I know what you're trying to do. You're trying to get me not to have a pocket claim, and I, I, I'm not doing it. So I don't want to sign the new agreement. What do you do then? That's a great question. That raises an entirely different set of questions related to the enforceability of arbitration agreements in California. It is, under some courts' reasoning, okay to require employees to sign arbitration agreements. If you want to take a more conservative approach that gives the likelihood of your arbitration agreement being enforced, one recommendation is to provide employees the opportunity to opt out. In fact, in the Viking River case itself, there was a simple box that could have been checked in the arbitration agreement where the plaintiff, Moriana, could have decided, I want to opt out of the class action and representative action waiver. 
unfortunately for Viking River Cruises, she didn't do that. So the PAGA claim was subject to arbitration. Okay. So I think it's important for everyone who's listening to understand the law is not firmly established in terms of whether you can mandate arbitration. Remember, we had Prop 51 on the ballot a couple of years ago, which is still winding its way um, through the court system in terms of whether or not an employer can say, as a term and condition of employment, you've got to sign this arbitration agreement. So that's the other reason you, you've got to talk to counsel. You know, I rarely say that. M- many things that we discuss are common sense, and you can sort of deal with them on your own if you want to. But arbitration is something where this is such a significant benefit to be able to compel employees to handle an individual claim for wage hour violations in an arbitration and not be able to be part of a representative or class type of litigation. It's huge. This is an incredible benefit. So you want to make sure, as Tim said, that you dot all your I's and you cross all your T's and you do this correctly. Tim, do you have any final words of wisdom for employers when we talk about the Viking River Cruises decision and arbitration agreements? I would say make sure that you stay on top of this issue because I I believe it is going to continue to develop. I don't think any attorneys in California were expecting the decision to come out exactly the way it did. It was not strictly along party lines. And we have a very interesting opinion and a very interesting concurring opinion from Justice Sotomayor. And what she suggests is that California courts may decide issues with respect to standing. For those reasons, I fully expect this decision to be continue to be litigated in California courts. So my final words would be, this is something we're going to stay on top of in terms of monitoring further developments and make sure you continue to listen to the podcast and check other sources so that you're apprised of the latest developments in the law in this very important area. Such good advice, Tim. This really is, from my perspective, an unexpected decision. I mean, the interesting part is the court even said, we don't agree with either party on some of these issues. Mm -hmm. We think y'all, excuse the pun, missed the boat on a lot of this, right? And that's important to understand from an employer perspective. And of course, if you remember your days watching Schoolhouse Rock, you know that the California legislature can now try to pass a law that deals with the Viking case. There's all sorts of complicated legal issues there um, relate to what we call preemption, may or may not be possible. But Tim is right. You've got to stay tuned. Tim, I just want to thank you for joining us here today. You always bring such a perspective and such an insight to these kinds of issues. And I'm so grateful for your partnership. Thank you. Um, We really appreciate your time. Well, thank you so much, Jen. It's always a pleasure being with you and talking through these issues with you. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to spread the word, please share it with others, post about it on social media, and or rate and review it. Of course, you can also follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter, and email us at info at Workplace Wake Up, including its guests and hosts, do not provide legal advice in this podcast. Do not act upon any of the information discussed in this podcast without consulting a licensed attorney in your jurisdiction. 